That's what she said. Podcast host Gino Bacola here, and you hear a lot on my show about Cindy Carava, full service realtor. But I realized you've never met her, so I wanted to introduce you to Cindy Carava here. We're over at Coldwell Banker, and Cindy, what made you want to get into real estate? Uh, well, actually, Jack and I have bought and sold a lot of homes over the years, and we really like uh, being able to take a home and redoing it, almost flipping it. Uh, we've had a lot of fun in the years doing it, so it really sparked my interest in wanting to actually get my license and do it for a living. So what services do you offer? Um, I help everybody with either purchasing their homes um, or getting their homes ready to be put on the market, and I also do leases, whether you're looking uh, for a tenant or you're also uh, you know, looking to rent out your property, I do that as well. And where can we find more information about you? Um, I am on social media, Facebook and Instagram, but you also can find me on my website, which is cindyparava.com, um, or you can call me, my phone number is 626-394-6400, or you can email me at cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Thank you, Gino. August 14, 2019, thank you, Joey. For bringing us in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast How's everyone doing? This Wednesday Gonna give a shout out to uh, My uh, grandma, Nana Happy birthday today On August the 14th Talk a little Baseball A little boxing Some horse racing news And then we're gonna go through a full Del Mar Friday card so we're going to go through every race. We'll hit on all the horses in every race. Replay real super in-depth on Del Mar Friday. Talk some Hard Knocks, Raiders, Episode 2. And end things with a little WWE talk. Just a little uh, what happened on Raw and what happened on SmackDown. And then we'll set up the next tournament. going to be the best wrestling movies tournament coming up this week. Got a field of 16 set. Let's kick things off with a little a little baseball And we're, we're what Six weeks away from the end of the season We have Things really Starting to take shape now Let's just kind of take a quick look through The uh, the standings over in the American League The Yankees right now, they're the best team in baseball They're 81-41 and 41. They've won 7 of their last 11 games Well They've actually Won seven games against the Orioles <laughs> They've won five in a row And They've just feels like they've played the Orioles A million times They've just been beating up on Baltimore over and over But the Yankees have Really pulled away in the division now With Even with Tampa winning five in a row Tampa is still 71-50 and 50, Well behind That best record in baseball The Yankees at 81-41 and 41. So Tampa right now is actually sitting In the wild card With Cleveland Cleveland's one game up on them But those are the two wild card teams right now The Twins and the Indians They're only separated by one game In the Central AL Central Twins are 72 and 47 The Indians are 72 and 49 And then The Astros They're quietly Just kind of Hanging around 78 and 42 It looks like it's going to be the Astros and the Yankees Battling for the best record in the American League And they'll probably be battling with the Dodgers For the best record overall And that could be very Key As far as uh, home field is concerned In some of these series The current wild card 
lay of the land in the American League. The Cleveland Indians and the Rays are the wild card teams. Cleveland is one game up on on Tampa in for the with those two spots, and then behind them, Oakland is three games behind the Rays, and Boston is eight games behind the Rays. The Red Sox have just had a miserable few weeks. A few weeks ago, they were actually above Tampa in the standings, and after. A bad couple weeks and a good couple weeks for Tampa. Boston is 17 and a half games behind the Yankees, and we saw Tampa is uh, nine and a half games behind them, behind the Yankees. So Boston, they have to. I mean, they they need some luck, and they need to start playing really good baseball right now, or they will not make the playoffs this year. Over in the National League, the Braves, they're up to 71 and 50. They have a six game lead in the National League East over the Nationals, over the Phillies, over the Mets. The Mets and the Phillies are nine behind the Braves, and the Nationals are six behind the Braves. The Cubs in that fun NL Central, the Cubs, they're one game up on the Cardinals, who have been playing much better baseball in the second half. The Cardinals have won four games in a row now. The Brewers. Are two and a half games behind the Cubs So still a three team race there in the central Those three teams separated In the loss column by only three And uh, the Cardinals and the Cubs are tied In the loss column The the Cubs have just played a couple more games And they have a couple more victories The Dodgers, 18 and a half games up in the division They are nine games up in the National League They're battling it out with the Yankees and the Astros For the best record overall in baseball When you look at the National League wild card The Nationals are now a game up over the Cardinals The Brewers are a game and a half out of the wild card That second spot They're a game and a half behind St. Louis The Phillies are two games behind St. Louis The Mets are two behind St. Louis They lost a couple games after that really hot stretch And the Diamondbacks, they're still in the mix They're only two and a half games behind St. Louis The Giants, they are three and a half behind St. Louis Um, They're at 60 and 60 500 Right now if the playoffs started The American League, the wild card game Would be the Indians versus the Rays The series would be The the division series would be The Houston Astros versus the Minnesota Twins And the Yankees would be getting the winner of that wild card Either the Indians or the Rays And in the National League The Nationals Would be playing the Cardinals in that wild card The Braves Would be playing the Cubbies Braves would be hosting the Cubbies, Astros would be hosting the Twins, Yanks would be hosting that wild card winner. And the Dodgers would be hosting the wild card winner between the Nationals and the Cardinals. So start to look at it on paper now and you know the Dodgers obviously have been the dominant team in the National League, but you look at the the rest of the teams that would potentially be in the playoffs. The Braves, the Cubs, the Nationals, and the Cardinals Those are all good baseball teams The Nationals have a really good pitching staff The Cardinals were my pick to win The National League Before the season even started They're starting to get hot right now They're a very well built baseball team The Braves added some Some pitching and Some bullpen Cubs added a couple pieces Castellanos Very capable teams Any of those teams in the National League Could represent and it would not shock me and then the same thing, you, you look to the uh, the American League you, you wouldn't be shocked if it was the Yankees or the Astros Obviously, they're the two best teams The Twins have been very good all year They'd probably be one of the bigger surprises in a series Because we've, we've never seen them prove it yet This group of Twins 
Even the Indians are a good baseball team with lots of pitching. They could beat anyone in a series. I don't know if they have enough offense to win multiple series or go on the road and win multiple series, but there aren't any fluky teams. These are all the teams that are leading their divisions and the teams that are like battling or right now that are in the mix for the wild in the wild card. They've been they're good baseball teams. Little boxing news. Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz, the rematch, scheduled for December the 14th in Saudi Arabia. Now, Ruiz wants that move to US or Mexico, but he doesn't really have a say. He agreed to a rematch before, and that means that Joshua's people kind of get to decide. And actually, Ruiz was not even supposed to fight Joshua right now. But he got a temporary exception that allows Ruiz to put up all the belts against Anthony Joshua. The fight had to happen, I guess, before like the end of the year. And the winner of that must fight Kubrat Pulev, who was before May 31st of 2020. That was the fighter who was supposed to fight Ruiz before Ruiz won the title. And before this rematch was set up Tyson Fury Is a fight with Otto Whalen Set up for September the 14th in Vegas They talked uh, when In an interview I, I saw I think it was on uh, it was, He was on the ESPN kind of car wash So he was on with Stephen A. Smith And uh, Max And he was on with Golick and Wingo And he, he said that He does think Andy Ruiz will beat Anthony Joshua again Said the reason why he's fighting Otto Whalen is that someone tall to help set up for that Wilder rematch. And I like Tyson Fury. He's got a great personality. He even mentioned sports entertainment. Said, you know, I'm I'm more more than a boxer. Got to try to be an entertainer here. I love this group of heavyweights right now. Wilder with Fury with Ruiz with Joshua. A lot of personality. A lot of difference in. In really these four now that Ruiz has kind of thrown himself into the mix after the upset of Joshua. So let's keep an eye on what happens with this news in the next few weeks. Will they move this fight from Saudi Arabia? Will it where will it end up? I just hope that we see these fighters, the best fighters, keep fighting each other or hopefully fight each other in the first place. Because that's always been one of the knocks on boxing in uh, in recent years. We just don't see the best fighters fight each other Everybody kind of dodges each other On this day August the 14th Back in 1919 The White Sox Happy Felsch had four Outfield assists in one game It's pretty crazy to think about Four outfield assists in one game 1932 Dodger pitcher John Quinn Wins a game at 49 years old 1961 The Phillies Lost their 17th straight game On August the 14th 1981 Mike Schmidt Hits career home run number 300 1982 Pete Rose Breaks the all time at bats record He still holds the record With 14,053 at bats Second all time Is 12,364 And the active leader is Albert Pujols With 10,545 Unbelievable record for Pete Rose The hit king Also the at-bat king 2016 Usain Bolt Wins 
another Olympic gold medal for the 100 meter At Rio, he was the first man to win it three times In 2016 August the 14th on this day A little bit of horse racing news And then we'll get into Del Mar For Friday, August the 16th So the All-American Futurity Trials Quarter Horse Racing They get underway on Friday But as of Wednesday When I'm recording this show Trainer Trey Wood is suspended He has 31 horses entered over Friday and Saturday In the trials One of his horses tested positive for albuterol Class 3 violation Does have the ability to transfer horses into other trainers name Those trainers would then be responsible for any violations 257 horses vying for 10 spots But still lots needing to be sorted out Before these uh, trials get underway Friday Thunder Snow Third in last year's Breeders' Cup Classic Two-time Dubai World Cup winner Will not be running in the Woodward He had a fever and he missed the Whitney When he was scratched out of there He was entered in the race And he looked like he was going to be one of the top contenders And they still hope to get back to the Breeders' Cup Classic again when he ran, uh, Where he ran a good third in a group that it's just not A group of older horses that aren't That strong on paper On the next episode of That's What G Said We'll be doing a Saturday Delmar Breakdown Where we go through the races for the Pacific Classic On Saturday and some of the undercard races And you'll see that it's just not the strongest Group for a major Graded stakes race So Thunder Snow if he can get in the starting gate For the classic He'd have to have I mean he'd have a big shot Just getting in the mix Jerry Hollendorfer has filed an action Against Golden Gate Contesting the track's decision to ban him He won a ruling that lifted a similar ban At Del Mar so now you've seen him with his horses Running at Del Mar Prior to the ban Golden Gate vigorously And persistently recruited him to race At that track at the upcoming meet I mean this has all been very fishy I have not liked it one bit I Was lucky enough to be a part of an interview On the Mike Abadir show The show that I co-host with Mike Abadir Uh, Go give it a listen, subscribe, check it out And we interviewed Jerry Hollendorfer, I say we because Mike Did all of the interview, I was on remote So Mike kind of took it over to make sure That we weren't kind of cutting in and out and Mike this did a great job And it was a really nice interview from Jerry Because he's generally someone Who when you interview him you know, Before a race or after a race He doesn't really give you a whole lot about his horses Or not you know a whole lot as far as emotions are concerned But he was It's a little different Because he feels like he was completely wronged And now With the decision by Del Mar That has kind of Given him the confidence to go and fight these other bands. And he'll start with Golden Gate, where he's the winningest trainer of all time. I mean, Jerry Hollendorfer has literally made the races and racing cards go up in Golden Gate for years. I'm sure before they were told that he can't, you know, that, that like he said, before they were told to ban him, he's literally getting begged by them, hey, can you keep your horses here? Don't go run in, in San Anita or Del Mar or other places. Like, we could really use the entries. So, Let's hope that they uh, give Hollendorfer the opportunity to run Because I just do not like the fact that he was singled out Someone who with such a track record 
all time great. It didn't feel like there was enough for him to get treated this way. So let's see if things will turn at Golden Gate as they did at Del Mar. Let's get into Del Mar for Friday. Get your past performances out. Let's go to race number one. So we're talking Friday, August the 16th at that late 4 o'clock post time. And we have an eight race card in here. I won't really give you, I'll just tell you who I'm going to use, like in the pick five each race. I'll tell you who I have in order in each race. And I'll give you an idea of what prices I would like. And we'll go through, we'll go through the field. So the first race is a 16 non two claimer, six and a half furlongs. We start with the one conquest smarty. Just slow start. He moved up widest of all in his last on August the third. He couldn't get to the runaway winner, What's It To Ya, who I gave out as like a play of the day two starts back. Of course, What's It To Ya won last time out. But Conquest Smarty was favored. He wouldn't really be a shock from the inside. Is the major concern because he has a little bit of speed, so maybe he can use that to to help get a, into a good securing spot. But he was at five and a half last time out. He has previously performed well at six and a half. Two starts back, which when he broke his maiden at the twenty. I mean, that was against a group. I think he was just a lot better then. I wouldn't talk you off, Conquest Smarty, who's now coming into the Ryan Hansen barn. In, in in particular, if you're playing, you know, exactas and tries and supers, I think he's a must use in the bottom of the exotics. But I'm going to play against him in the win end, really because of the inside. If he was drawn to the outside, I think I would really like his chances with his versatility. He could sit and kind of stay in the clear, but I feel like he's going to be forced a little bit. The two Duke of Fallbrook he took back out of a tight spot. He dropped back to sixth. Of seven, he closed a, a, a bit. He just missed third. It was okay. He's a couple lengths behind Conquest Smarty. I guess I'm just not as big of a fan of that race overall. Because the two horses that I'm going to be, you know, really using on top and king in this race do not come out of that race. So Duke of Fallbrook, um, yeah, I just see him as more of an under in here. The three Irish ballad. He was mid pack. He was in between horses. He kept it the inside. It was a fine win at Low Sal. Again, that was just breaking his maiden for 20. I think it was a race that set up pretty well for him. And I'm going to make him prove it right here back in his first start against winners. The four Surfside Sunset. He was your beaten favorite last time out. He was back to last. He was outrun a bit early. He started to get going late, but it wasn't really like, too impressive. He was beaten. Length and a half I'm a little cold on him uh, in the win end too I could just see him as a type of horse Who's late onto the scene And picking up a minor award I like the 5 in here Quite a bit, big barrel I would be shocked if he's anything close To that 20 to 1 morning line He feels like he should be Like 4 or 5 to 1 in here I mean who when Even when just like playing off like numbers and figures why would he be so much bigger price than everyone else in here? I mean, who who has like crazy big figures and numbers that you would be scared of? So I, I big barrel's gonna come down in price. He just never really seemed comfortable in between horses in his last start against a 50 starter allowance. I'm willing to completely just toss that race just because it 
you could tell a lot of times with horses early on in the race if they don't feel comfortable, boom, give them give them an excuse. Just put a line right through it, especially if it's a horse that's not going to be a heavy favorite or a horse that's going to give you a little bit of value. Don't look at the 20 to 1 on Big Barrel and if he's not 20 to 1 say, well, he was supposed to be 20 to 1 and he got bet down. Sometimes lines are just off. You have to make the line on your own. You see a horse that's 10 to 1 and you go, "Oh, wow, I'm going to bet this horse." If you you have to know sometimes that they're not going to be 10 to 1. So Big Barrel's June 14th Calbred Maiden Special Weight win. That's a, when you look at most of this these horses, they have wins at the Maiden 20 level or low level Maiden wins, and he actually has a Maiden Special Weight win, albeit it was a Calbred Maiden Special Weight win, but the horses that he's been running against weren't bad. Melbo, who was second in the June 14th race, hasn't run back. The third place finisher, Play Money, has come run back twice. He's finished third in both of those starts, and he's actually improved in both of them. I think Big Barrel's going to get a nice trip in here. I think the six and a half is a really good distance for him. Sometimes he gets a little bit outrun at six furlongs. There isn't a ton of speed in here. There's a couple. He should get a, a nice trip, you know, third, fourth, just a few lengths behind. Big Barrel. Put this one on top and use him in your pick five. War Union, the six horse. He broke on top. He battled for the lead with the long shot. Uh, he was on even terms for a half mile. He just couldn't go on with the horse that ended up battling with him early on, and that long shot outfinished him. War Union looks like more of an under to me. Comes out of a race where the winner Zip the Monkey did come back to finish second in a, a in an allowance a sixteen allowance next out on the grass, but the runner up State Golden is still a maiden. We get to the outside uh, from War Union, and that's Seahawk Wave, the number seven, who I think is the logical favorite in here. And it, I'm not going to exclude him from any of the exotics. He just missed last out; was beaten in nose. I now you get the slight cutback. He broke on top. He sat just off from the outside. He moved to the lead at the top of the lane. He had to battle, but he put away the other speed. He opened up two lengths, but he just couldn't hold off Trapper Peak. It was a tough beat. He just got nailed. He doesn't really have to improve a lot out of that race If he just runs the same type of race He's going to be right in the mix again He has speed and he's the fastest horse in this field I believe Uh, You look up and down I just don't think anyone's going to be quick enough to go with him Might get a little bit of pace From Irish Ballad You probably get a little bit of pace from Conquest Smarty From the rail And you'll probably get a little bit of pace From War Union But I think with War Union Coming out of those a little bit longer races and Seahawk Wave coming out of some quicker sprints, it might be Seahawk Wave on the lead or just sitting in a great spot like he was. Maybe he's just right off of War Union pressing as he was last time out. He's going to be really tough in there in this spot. Big big impression. Just going to watch today. He's making his first start since October the 26th. He's a first time gelding. He takes the blinkers off. He won his debut, but he just hasn't shown anything. Since those races were against a little bit tougher, but with so many things to worry about, he's had slow starts and now he takes the blinkers off. Now he's gonna cut back to his sprint again. Um, and the layoff to deal with to me, just a horse to watch this time. And, and we'll see how he, uh, he runs and maybe be playing down the road. Seven Oxen broke the maiden at Los Al last time out, but was well defeated. Couple starts back by Conquest Smarty, the horse who he defeated. 
in his win on July the 13th Seven Auction was first, the second place finisher Came back to finish 11th next out And was beaten 9 and 3 quarter length So I, I just don't know how good that race was Probably wasn't very strong In comparison to a couple of the others When he got beat 9 lengths by a, a common rival In the race before So 5 and 7 we'll use in the exotics The 5 Big Barrel would be the horse to bet If he's you know floating up or over 5 to 1 Seahawk Wave Absolutely the horse to beat And I'll use those two In your early pick 5 to start Let's move on to race number two. I really wanted to talk some Saratoga Friday also, but the problem I have with wanting to talk Saratoga races really early in advance and get these podcasts out so you everybody could have like a day or two to listen to them before the races is that there's a lot of times when the rain will get in the mix, and I don't want to have to worry about you know breaking down these grass races really in depth going through all the trips of turf horses and then the races get taken off the grass. I was going to do that on Friday and it looked like it might rain a little bit. So, uh we'll see. Hopefully we can get a when they have the Travers card next weekend, we'll definitely do a really in-depth Saratoga look and uh, we will we'll talk a little Saratoga for Saturday um on the next episode of That's What She Said cuz I hope to have uh an interview with Darren Zocali and Brian Monzo We're going to talk a little bit about wrestling SummerSlam and maybe we'll get a pick or two From them at Saratoga where they play the races A lot Let's get to Del Mar race 2 Friday race 2, 5 furlongs on the turf course These are 3 year olds And up, Calbred Optional 20s Let's we'll start with Executive Cat the 1 He's getting back to the grass His grass races, he's had 3 of them They haven't been very good in his dirt start last time out against 20 claimers He had a good start from the outside He was always within a length, he always looked like a winner It was a, a really solid effort Now you have to wonder, can he transfer that form Over to the grass And can he do it from the inside When he has to deal with a lot of other speed To his outside And I'm just not sure If he's going to get the type of trip Needed to win this race You'll get a price on him But I, I will be going elsewhere The two zipper mischief He was a good winner last time out It's tough to really knock his his Victory, he flew early He opened up three quarters of length He put away the horse uh, He put away the horse that pressed him And he opened up And he didn't let any of the other closers even get into the race It was a pretty nice W That was on August the 8th He's coming back on August the 16th So he's going to be back in 8 days And he's going to step up and face better And he's going to have to deal with other speed Like you look to his inside Executive Cat's probably going to have to show some speed To get away from the rail And you look to the outside of Zipper Mischief And he's going to have to deal with You know, Tiger Dad Tristam Speaker isn't exactly slow Tribal War Chant JT's ATM All have speed I just think it's going to be a little bit too tough to ask For Zipper Mischief Wheeling back quickly Having to deal with other speed Having to face winners for the first time And all of that Off of a long layoff too He's coming back quickly He hadn't raced from October to August And that was a big win And a win when you're showing speed throughout It wasn't like a win where you're kind of just Sitting and falling in Like he ran hard all the way In a small sample size With horses uh, that have run back In less than 10 days They have not done very well The, the barn so I'll look elsewhere Tiger Dad it, He looks like the one to beat in here He broke out 
He bumped a bit, he was up to third He was three deep pressing, he moved to the lead At the top of the lane, it was a really solid second And that was his first start since January Now the difference between Zipper Mischief And Tiger Dad They both coming off a long layoff But that was Tiger Dad's First start against winners And that was back in July On July the 26th, so he's had a couple Extra weeks to recover From that race Versus Zipper Mischief Who's coming back in just the 8 days That's why I would prefer Tiger Dad over Zipper Mischief And I think He can sit a little bit Tiger Dad's really quick though He might be the speed of the speed and he might not even try to sit But I think he can press and maybe come Just slightly off the pace if need be With a little bit of time between races He could improve in the second start Since January, maybe not bounce like um, Horses who run Really big races and then have to come back quickly Tristam Speaker, the four He makes a lot of sense in here I think he's going to be tough to leave out of your exotics They'll try the grass for the first time The Dam was a two-time winner on the turf Five of the seven Seven siblings tried the grass And five of them won on it So there's a lot of grass in this pedigree And in the direct part of this pedigree And he ran well Last time out, he broke on top He pressed from just off in the two-path And he was inside Then he was in between horses, he tried hard all the way Debut winner who was quick On the synthetic at Golden Gate Now they get to the grass Super logical Won't leave him out of most exotics Sir Eddie I'm going to make my top selection If you look at Sir Eddie's Grass race and just overall He's not really the type of horse I would generally play on top When you see that he's 1 for 17 with 6 seconds and 3 thirds He's 0 for 9 on the grass with 5 seconds and a third But I I really think this race is going to set up very well for him And I'm hoping for a little bit better trip And because he may be offering better value You know that we're going to have to Perhaps Get stuck in a bad spot And that's what happens when you bet a horse who's a little bit better of a price But with the trip he can win this race And Let's go back to his last grass start It was on May the 17th He completely missed the break He was 10 off He started to move up on the inside But he was behind horses He didn't really seem to be asked much late Wasn't really, you know, persevered with I think he has a lot better to show On the grass than that start And then on July the 31st It was his first start in a couple months It was against Open Starter Allowance Company He He kind of just ran up into a bad spot And I'm hoping for a better trip Back to the grass That May 17th race He was behind a couple horses One of them Psycho Dar won next out An optional 20 Calbred And then was second Beating a a nose versus optional uh, Versus open optional 40 I like the races he's coming out of I think Sir Eddie Big shot Capable With the top effort I mean his grass form overall is good He just hasn't won He's run some winning races And some races that are good enough to beat this group And if he can sit off the pace The race that I really love Is You know the the November race going five furlongs Back in 2018 Where he closed you know he sat maybe three lengths off And he closed and he was a really good third Against open maiden special weights Or The Calbred maiden special weight race on February the 23rd Sitting just a couple lengths off Beating only a neck That race Duplicate efforts of either of those races Are going to make him really, really tough in here From off the pace 
Because he's just not quite as quick as some of the others So that should put him in a nice striking spot Rinse and repeat The six He's the horse who I have on the fringe I think he's at least worth a look Because he will be launching a late rally In a race that will probably set up for him He was three wide all the way He really never had a shot with that trip Last time out, July the 28th So you can excuse him for that Overall he's been a pretty consistent horse You know he's finished in the money Quite a bit, he's 13 for 23 in the money And he has a win at 5 furlongs On the dirt and and 6.5 furlongs On the turf, so sprinting Is not an issue for him If he can get the type of trip he needs That's the issue, you want to make sure You you get a little bit of value on him The 4 to 1 I would not want to take much shorter than that Makes a ton of sense and he's going to He's a scary type of horse to leave out of your pick 5 Because he's going to be closing late So if you have one of these speed horses and you see rinse and repeat Starting to wind up and you don't have him You're going to start going, oh no Tribal war chant, he broke well He battled in the 2 path and, and then he tired JT's ATM You know, so tribal war chant I'm just going to be watching It does always uh, serve as a positive When you get Bejarano to jump aboard JT's ATM is the 8 we have not seen him race since January 27th These connections are a little sneaky though They could pop with the price Every now and then This horse has some speed And he has not run that bad on uh, On the grass Let's go back to The November Race um, No let's talk Jan- the, the, the January race A couple of these races written down But let's talk January 1st He's a good start He shows speed in between horses He got to clear off by a length, but he couldn't cross over. And that hurt him late, but he still ran really well. This is a multiple winner. He's looking for his first turf win, but he's run very well on the grass before. The barn only has limited numbers off of layoffs like this. I wouldn't be shocked to see him run well. He's run longer. You know, he's been at six and a half and six and a half in his last couple. And that November race. Going five furlongs on the turf at Golden Gate When he's able to sit a little bit If he can show that he can sit And work out a trip That's the problem is with his outside draw He's going to get parked And that's why I don't love him like on top in here But I like him more as an underneath And maybe a horse to use on one of your early pick five tickets So the way I'll have this race is With the five on top I feel like he's going to get the, the trip So we have Sir Eddie I think three, four, five. Pretty tough to, to leave out so 3, 4, 5 I have And then 8, 6 If you want to go a little deeper 5, 3, 4, 8, 6 Is the order I have in race number 2 Let's get to race number 3 Calbred 2 year olds Made in special weight 5.5 furlongs The distance We start with the one very Irish The dam was a 5 time winner Earned 211,000 A small stakes winner One of the two siblings won This is Caesar D'Alba training And this horse has actually Shown a little bit of ability At Los Alamitos in the mornings Just going to be watching though because the rail draw Should be tougher Because it's still a new barn In a barn that hasn't had a whole lot of horses So I'm going to watch a little bit The two crooked finger Ray Dan was on race, this is the first full The Barn with first time starters Mike Pipey 17 for 79 uh, The last 5 years, 4 for 27 Last year, but they the thing about Pipey is they're very capable with first time starters at their barn. They're not like a perennial barn that wins first out, but as you can see in small sample sizes, 
they do okay when they have the horses that are good enough and ready to win first out, talented enough to win first out, bred to win first out. They do well, and they generally pop at prices. Those horses that won were nine to one, eight to one, fifteen to one, and five to two. So those are the same stats we'll use for Audace, who Pipey also has in here. The nine, who I prefer of the two of them. The three ten cents. Oh, I've just had as far as like publicly, it's making anytime I seem to make a corner horse or a JMS horse like a top pick or a horse that I like, they don't run or they run second or third. They, they've both had great bar, uh, meet so far. Coroner and JMS, the horses have been running really, really well. This is a first time starter of the three named Ten Cents, who is a two year old son of Golden Cents. It was a $130,000 purchase, the Barrett Select. The dam was a three time winner. She was actually good early on in her career. She was third in her debut and she won a maiden special weight second out. And then she was second in a first level allowance in her third start. One sib, one winner. Plenty to like about 10 cents. I just like others a little bit more in here. Would not talk you off 10 cents though. The number four. I think therefore I am. Descartes. Trusting in logic, experience, and reason. Nick Hart is the two-year-old son of Square Eddie Out of the dam inscription The dam was just 1 for 13 And the only full that has run so far Is 0 for 1 And this barn is 0 for their last 20 With first time starters They did have 5 top 3 finishes With those firsters Brickyard Ride is the 5 First time starter for Craig Lewis Who's just a little bit better with horses After they have a start or two The dam was a 4 time winner 96,000, 3 siblings, 2 winners Including Big Barrel who uh, we actually have as our top selection in race number one. Nice that Bejarano takes the takes the call though. Probably a horse will watch maybe playback next time. Cleveland Cat is going to be really tough. The only horse in the race has actually run a good race, and there's only two horses in here that have any experience. Cleveland Cat in his debut. He broke in a bit. He was outrun. He was 15 lengths back early on. He was just well behind the field. Then he angled to the middle of the track. He closed really well. He went from like 15 lengths out of it to like seven and a quarter back, but he passed every horse but one. So he finished second behind next out winning big returns. Big returns was actually put up via DQ in the graduation stakes. Out of that July 20th race, there were three next out winners. One of them, big returns. The fourth place finisher, Club Aspen, won a Calbred Maiden special weight next out. And the fifth place finisher, Vegan, won a Calbred Maiden special weight next out. So Cleveland Cat has the experience. It, with a better start, he doesn't have to be so far back. Maybe this course isn't a stone cold closer. DeSormo keeps the faith. Coming out of a very live race where he finished. Behind a next out stakes winner Albeit big returns was put up in a bad DQ But he finished in front of two Next out Calbred Maiden special weight winners At this level Cleveland Cat going to be very very tough in here Capital Reef the 7 Broke in a bit Was outrun 15, uh, Started to read the notes for uh, <laughs> Cleveland Cat Capital Reef was shuffled from the inside he lost to Bam Bam again And Bam Bam again was 7th in the graduation So just to give you an idea when you're comparing races Cleveland Cat lost to a horse who came back 
and finished second and then was put up the first in the graduation and Capitol Reef was well beaten by a horse who was then well beaten in the graduation. So I think Cleveland Cat is just coming out of a much, much better race than Capitol Reef. That's why I would uh would be against Capitol Reef and just want to see a little bit more from this long shot. First time starter, the number eight tap back. Two-year-old son of Einstein. The damn tap tap, you're it. The damn was just one for twelve, produced two siblings to race one winner who won his debut at two. But the barn is just two for their last 14 with first time starters. They did have a win at the meet at Del Mar. And Tapback does have a couple wins over this surface. We'll go elsewhere. Audace, the nine, the other Mike Pipey first time starter in here, Lourdes Drayden Van Dyke. The dam was a multiple stakes winner who earned $449,000. Seven siblings to race, and all seven of them uh, have won for Audace. So it's been a very productive dam Bold Roberta Now Do have a little bit of a concern With You see a gap What looks like maybe one missed work From July the 5th to July the 25th Making the transition From Los Alamitos down to Del Mar But but since then you do have three Del Mar works The 25th, the 31st And then back Um on the ninth, I'm gonna have Audace third in here, and I think really, really uh, top tier contender. And to round out the field, mainframe Judy. You get Pratt, you get Peter Miller, who have both had just a great meet so far. Miller is four for the last twelve with first time starters with two seconds and two thirds. He has two winners at Del Mar, training really well over the surface. Mainframe Judy, the dam was. One for 12 Three siblings though All multiple winners Including a couple who uh, earned over 200,000 Nihilator was a 5 time winner 240,000 Jess I Am was a 5 time winner 268,000 Lots to like about mainframe Judy I think he is The one to beat mainframe Judy And 6, 10, 9 is the way I play race number 3 With Cleveland Cat on top of Mainframe Judy On top of Odd Ace I would single Cleveland Cat Likely on one pick 5 ticket I would also uh, Play those 3 back on another ticket They make a lot of sense But if you want to play one ticket where you can go deep Maybe in all the other races I think Cleveland Cat's going to run a big one in the 3rd If you hear some snoring in the background I have my uh, Boston Terrier Bug who's been sitting right next to me while recording And she's fallen asleep I hope that I'm not boring you all Because it seems like I'm a I'm boring bug if I've knocked her out to, to sleep and snoring Let's get to race number 4 at Del Mar It's an optional 40 First level allowance 5 furlongs on the turf course Phillies and mares, 3 year olds and up The one into the south She's faced some good ones Even two starts back Just go two starts back You see Royal Charlotte Who won stakes races In her next two starts Including the grade 3 victory ride And the horse who was second that day Came back to win a first level allowance race Next out So she acted a really live April 19th race Then on May the 26th Was a good second at Churchill As your slight beaten favorite She's only raced on the grass once And it was in a grade 3 and it wasn't bad She was 4th and she actually closed Made up some ground with From a wide post it was not a bad trip 
was, was not a bad race, not a bad effort for Inch of the South. I'm worried about the rail draw going five furlongs because there's not a lot of speed in this race. And I don't think she's fast enough to clear from the rail. And that will likely mean she's going to get stuck in a bad spot mid pack and get shuffled. Or they're going to have to take her all the way back and try to come flying late. And I don't know if that's going to be the best bet for her. So we'll be slightly against into the south. I'll have her third. And if you want to go a little deeper and maybe you are going to play a pick five where you single it with uh, with Cleveland Cat in race three, then you can then you can use into the south. Because I don't think she's going to be like a super short overwhelming you know, favorite, and those are the horses that you are generally trying to beat, the really short-priced horses. But if she does get bet down, I just don't really... She's never the type of horse I would play to win from the inside post. I'm going to give Silky Slew a race. She, uh, she has not raced five-year-old mare since October. I think you can completely give her, give her the race. And she won at Del Mar going five furlongs last year, but... I just don't think she's going to be at her best yet. Very good at five furlongs. You know, a couple, both of her wins have been here. The May thirteenth race at uh, win in twenty eighteen up at Golden Gate was good, and the August thirty first race was good. Showed the ability to come from off the pace, kind of weave in and out. But I don't know if she'll be at her best quite yet, and I would want a little bit more than what she's offering on the morning line. At least is four to one. I think stylishly is going to be really tough in here Probably the horse to beat I will not play any exotics That do not include stylishly The only thing I might do is, is make a win wager uh, On another horse if stylishly does Get bet down which I think she might And she to me she deserves To be favored in here Let's key off of her turf sprint races Really let's just look at her last three starts At Gulfstream a good effort in a turf sprint at Aqueduct, the good effort in the turf sprint, and then came over here to Del Mar. And she was a step slow, but she worked out a really nice spot fourth, fifth. She was inside. She was never more than three lengths off. She waited. She angled around. Um, she, and she she looked like she was in a good spot, but Cellar Door was behind her, and Cellar Door angled around her and stylishly got passed up. But she had a lot left in the tank And she just kicked into another gear And she ends up kind of drawing off By half length for the win Stylishly now with that race under her belt Second off the short break There's not a lot of speed in here She should be sitting again in a really good spot And who Just go through every horse Horse by horse She's the most logical winner The other contenders You have to ask like into the south, how good is she on the grass? And with the rail draw, you have a concern. You have a concern about Silky Slew coming off the bench. Same thing for Anne. You shall receive having to deal with the layoff. You look at all of the top contenders in here, and they have some things to worry about. And with stylishly, I don't think you really have those same worries. Stylishly, could be a little closer in this spot. She's the one to beat. And if for some reason she is around that seven to two. I would not talk you off playing her to win Or even You know if, Like I do think she's the most likely winner So I wouldn't even talk you off of singling this horse in some exotics But the, there's another horse in particular That I, I, I think is worth a flyer And is worth using at a price We'll get to that one in, in just a bit 
the number four, and you shall receive three-year-old who has not raced since October of 2018. And she exits a live race with a couple next out winners behind Chasing Yesterday, who is a grade one winner. Watch me burn who came out of that race to win the Zia Stakes. And you shall receive will be making her turf debut. The dam was 0 for 2 on the grass. There's a, a half to a nice one named Do Share, who was a grade three winner and earned 600000 But there's not a lot of turf success with the siblings for And You Shall Receive. I will have her placed fourth in here because I do think she has talent. And I wouldn't be shocked if she's improved a little bit and matured a little bit from two to three. But the the layoff concerns me slightly. And I that's why I think, you know, with Silky Slew and You Shall Receive, who both are coming off similar layoffs, they last raced a week apart in October of 2018. Donut Girl. The five was a step slow, was in five wide into the turn, was four deep down the backstretch. I have a feeling she's another one who's kind of late on the scene and more of an under to be used in here. Not a ton of knocks. She she wouldn't be a huge shock. She's run well in her, you know, small grass in career. Just three races. The number six Tiger Silk is a wild card. The price for this one is the key. It is a Richard Mand- she is a Richard Mandela trained import. Who last raced in New Zealand The barn is just 3 for their last 16 With foreign shippers And just 4 for their last 45 With new acquisitions And one of those 4, the most recent winner Wasn't even a first time acquisition It was a horse that they had previously Had in the Mandela barn that was back In the Mandela barn Tiger Silk will take the blinkers off Has not raced Since March, I think this is going to be a good Starting point to see what they have with this filly her form in New Zealand was good But we just don't know how that will Stack up And this is going to be her first start For the new barn the First start in the US Just will be watching Show it Number 7 Not a bad race at Albuquerque I just don't know Same kind of thing for Tiger Silk who comes in from New Zealand And then we have Show It who comes in you know, From Albuquerque And Sunray Park prior to that I just don't know where she fits on this circuit And not a ton of turf experience The race on the bottom of the page that you see On October the 27th at Remington Was actually pretty good against 15 non-3 claimers She's just a horse I don't think I could use In the pick 5 I could use in the bo- in like Tries and supers Show it Time for Ebby, I'm going to make my top selection in here She has not been As Like Really consistent as far as winning late But if you look at her overall form I think she's been a little bit better than she looks at first glance Let's put a line through that last race Where she just never had a shot She was really, really wide And that was a group that was a lot better than this group And it was on the dirt She's coming back to the grass now Where she's actually run pretty well but you don't really see it Because the last time she was on the grass Was April the 27th And she had a slow start that day You can excuse that race So her form is just a little bit muddled It's a little bit hidden She has more speed than many in here And when you look at this race Who's going to get the lead? Somebody's got to go, right? It might be time for Ebby If she's sent She might get the lead I think stylishly is going to end up in a good spot early Maybe in the south, guns from the rail But that's why you know, Silky Slew has a little bit of speed And maybe fresh That's why I'm going to give time for Ebby a shot 
Because if she ends up close, if she's on the lead or she's close, like that June 23rd race going seven furlongs on the dirt against optional 40s, she broke well. She battled for the lead with two others. She was three deep. She put away those other two and she drew off. She would be very tough to pass if she's close to the lead and she's in contention. Cutting back now. She's one versus 40 claimers at Del Mar. Five furlongs on the turf. She's capable of winning at this trip. Exactly. Time for Ebby. Gonna make her the top selection. She's eight to one. If she is over six to one, let's play a win wager. But let's use her and stylishly in all of the exotics. Those two in your all of your pick fives. And then maybe you're gonna play another pick five where you are one, three, four, eight. I mean, you look at the two. If you want to go a little bit deeper, but I would have the one, three, four, like the three and eight as your your top two and everything. Eight, three, one, four. The way I have it in race number four at Del Mar. Let's go to race five. Six furlongs. These are eight claimers. The one she's lucky that way. The barn is zero for their last twenty nine. Um, the this particular mare is zero for her last sixteen, and she has not hit the board in her last thirteen. Watching your races, you just could not find a lot of excuses for why uh, she would turn around and improve today. The two Rizzy's honors has some speed. She broke on top in her last start. She was back to second. She was a length up. She loomed up. That was going five and a half furlongs at Los Aldo. Now she's going to have to go six furlongs where she's only been one for 23 overall. And she's 0 for her last 11 races. The horse that she finished in front of did come back to win Next out at Los Alamitos, the 6,250 non-winners of the year. She does at least exit a good race, and she beat a next out winner. And you have to think she's going to be in the mix early on. Rizzy's honors. Copper Cowgirl, she is 0 for her last 8. And I think the same can be said for her. Last time we saw her, she was pulled up and walked off, and that was back in April. I'm just going to use this as a total race to watch of hers. Party Hostess. Going to be really tough in here, the number four You go back to her last couple races On July the 14th at Los Alamitos She bobbled pretty bad She went down to her nose I think that's a legitimate race You can put a line through and excuse Going five furlong, she just never really had a shot And she was favored that day She got bad, you know, we back to June the 30th Where she won three starts back And then on the July the 26th, last time out She just completely missed a break She dwelt she stood in the gate. She was 15 lengths behind. She kept to the inside. She moved up well for a very nice third. She beat two rivals today, the two horses that are lined up to her outside, Mama's Kid and Red Livy. Party Hostess looks like the one to beat with Bejarano aboard. Mama's Kid, I'm not going to talk you off her. I actually have her picked third in here. She is over her last 19. The jock has not won a race this year, Pena, 0 for 37. But she took a big shot last time out. She was challenged at, uh, at she was challenging at the top of the lane all the way up to second before fading. That was going six and a half furlongs. Now she cuts back to six. She has speed and enough speed to just get herself in a nice position. The races at Ridoso are not that bad, and if you look, she they were behind some productive winners and some next out winners. Mama's kid, sneak her into your exotics at a price. I love when a horse looms up, takes a shot, and then fades, and then is going to cut back a little bit. 
She's going to have just a little more bottom on the cutback. The 6 red Livy looks like the speed of the speed in here. In her last start on July the 26th, she opened up three lengths early on. She tried to slow it down. She just got tired early on in the stretch. That was going six and a half furlongs. She faded. The cutback's going to be a major positive, as we saw back in July on July the 20 on July the 13th, going six furlongs. When she's able to clear, she's tough. And she beat the 12-5 non-winners of the year. Red Livy, I have picked second in here. Four, six, five, my top three. The seven spectacular storm. To me, I just need to see another race on this circuit. Feels like she's going to need a little bit cheaper because her best work came at Losal in the evenings. Ruby's gone again. She looks like a pace factor, at least. I'm just not sure how those Realito races are going to to stack up. She's fresh. She's been off for five months. She did win six of her last ten starts So she's in good form Last we saw her The problem is that good form was back in March And it was at Realito so we don't know how it stacks up At least she has enough speed To perhaps put herself in the mix early Bragging rights is I think the opposite She will be trying to launch from Well off the pace She's a capable winner But I'm going to be giving her a race too When I look at the work pattern she worked we la- she last raced on March the 3rd. She has a work in April on April the 4th, then not another work till June the 9th. Then she's off from June the 9th to June the 19th, so 10 days in between. Then from June the 19th to July the 7th. So you have almost a month there off. Then from July the 7th to July the 23rd you have off And then July the 23rd to August 7th It looks like there was another missed work in between So I don't know if they're getting her ready to crank back to win right away Or maybe they're taking it a little slower with her She could get the setup, but I just, I don't know That race she comes out of, Cinnamon Twist won a 10,000 claimer next out. Sturdy One has won three in a row, a 12-5 allowance, a 12-5 claimer, and then another 12-5 allowance. And what's tough about bragging rights, she's coming off a layoff for a barn who's not very good off this type of a layoff. She's never really had a layoff. She debuted in October of 2017, October 19th. She was third. She was claimed out of that race by Sherlock. Or she was claimed out of that race by Sadler, excuse me. She then ran back for Sadler December the 29th. So the most of a layoff she ever had was between October 17, October of 2017 to December of 2017. Two months. Two months and 10 days. Since then, she was a steady diet of racing. So we don't really know if she's going to respond off a layoff. Just be held the 10. Or excuse me, Brooks All Mine is the 10 Just Beheld is the uh, Is the 11, let's talk Brooks first Don't want to forget Brooks All Mine I have her 4th in here Her last 7 races You look at them She just is not beating a whole lot of hor- uh, Beating a whole lot of horses Home She's 4th of 5, 4th of 6, 6th of 6 8th of 10, 6th of 6 7th of 8, 4th of 6 But those races Were against better horses Plain and simple And if she runs like a lot of the similar Races that she's been running She should get in the mix And she should work herself out A nice trip 
I think she has a little bit of tactical speed that she's shown in the last couple starts. She could at least put herself in a, in a spot where maybe she falls into a nice trip if Ruby's gone again. It's flashing speed. If Rizzy's honors, flashing speed. You're probably going to get some speed from Copper Cowgirl. I think that sets it up for you know Red Li- Red Libby. You're going to get some speed from Red Libby's. You know probably the speed of the speed and will. Enjoying the cutback Mama's kid maybe right behind them Party hostess One we like most Four, six, five, ten. Party hostess On top of Red Livy Who's the speed On top of Mama's kid Who's the price who could end up working out a nice trip Top of Brooks All Mine Who could kind of just fall into a nice spot From the outside Let's move on to race number six Del Mar Friday Made in special weight Phillies and mares, three-year-olds and up Six furlongs, the distance, let's go to the one Distorted win She hopped at the start It was a, a slow, she was a little slow But then she moved through She angled out three deep, she was kind of climbing late She lost the battle for third She was actually favored first time out In a five furlong turf sprint She drew the rail Draws the rail again now In a six furlong sprint Trying the dirt Mandela, Pratt, lots of positives But the rail is has me a little bit concerned again You just get a little bit compromised You have to kind of wait, angle around And other horses are able to, to have a lot more clearance in their moves In the strategy The two Koala Coast Was in tight, was squeezed back a bit And that was it, never really had the opportunity To get going again in her debut on July the 4th at Los Alamitos just the debut, the barn is much better When horses have a few starts So uh, expect her to get a little bit better With some running The 3 Amatara Her debut was on the grass Back in October And then saw her race July the 4th At Los Alamitos, going 6 furlongs Against Maiden Special Weight, she broke well She was 3 deep Was 2nd, was 3rd, was just a length off Was up to challenge, but could never get by Saints Painter, who Led the way throughout Amtara was a clear second though Was a length and a half clear of third Plenty of reason for her to show some improvement Putting a couple starts together And second time in the Baltus barn The four star kissed Is back to a dirt sprint Kind of looks like she's starting over She's she sprinted on the dirt in her debut It was okay, she was fourth She just was well, was well beaten Since then she's been trying the grass Last time out she came off a long layoff. She sprinted on the grass. I'm just going to be watching. This barn has not won uh, a race uh, since January of 2018. I think they're over the last 36, so a little bit cold at the moment. Cover version looks like she's using this as a total prep. She's raced six times, and all six of those races have been at a mile and a quarter or or longer on the grass. Now she's going to go six furlongs on the dirt. She hasn't raced since November of 2018 And that was in France Going a mile and three-eighths on the turf Now it's going to be in the James Cassidy barn for the first time I'm just going to be using this as a total watch race Because I don't know if she's going to be quick enough to compete with, with sprinters Six-horse girl with the curl First-time starter for Owen Hardy The barn is just 13 for their last 164 first-time starters Just 8% with a 0.68 ROI 0 for the last 20 The dam was a four time winner Earned 133,000 This is the first full for Golden Rock 
Sheer class is the seven first time starter for John Sheriff's three year old daughter of Curlin. Mike Smith is aboard. The damn jungle tail was three for 15, earned 177,000, was grade three placed on the grass. The lone sib was two for 15. Sheriff's is just five for his last 50 with first time starters, but two for his last seven. And five of the seven have been top three finishes, including the wins at three to one and 15 to one. So been doing a little better as of late With the first time starters Blue Moonrise looks like The one to beat in here, this is the 8 Blinkers come off for Bob Baffert Cuts back to 6 furlongs after Going 6.5 3 consecutive June the 22nd Was a smooth start Was uh, pressed from the 2 path Put away the 8-5 to favorite And was a clear cut 2nd And that was off a 5 month break Was really good and last time out, slight bobble It hooked her wide And then a few lengths off She moved up to second within a length Before she faded She just couldn't show the, the type of speed She I think normally wants to show Now she's going to go third start Off the five month break The blinkers come off She cuts back after two races at Three races at six and a half furlongs And what I like about her Okay yeah she's finished second a couple times And, and third again but she's only been the beaten favorite once. So that tells me she's not been she's been in tough races and in races where she's not just a horse that will like spit out a lead or has proven herself over and over to be a horse that's like a hanger or with seconditis. So I think Blue Moonrise is a logical favorite to use and include in your exotics. The nine page runner. She looks kind of like another one in here that's just using this as a start over point, right? Like Star Kissed. I don't know if we're going to get her best going six on the dirt I don't know if we're going to get cover versions best going six on the dirt I think the same can be said for Paige Runner Who's going back to a dirt sprint It just looks like they want to get a little more speed into her At the very least Because they're adding the blinkers And they're putting Meld- uh, Maldonado on And just putting her into a quicker race She does exit some productive races What's funny is if you'll notice Almost all the races that she's exited The horses that have been in that race Have come back to to win next out in another race that she was in you know, She lost Out of Balance who was a next out winner Bold Mongolian who was a next out winner Curlin's Journey who beat her And then came back and, and beat her again See what we can get from Paige Runner Miss Ava's Union I like to round out the field Her career debut she was a good second Then came back Um, That was in December of, of 2018 Came back three months later March 2019 Just Never really got in the mix I think you can excuse those races She comes back on July the 20th It was a slow start She squeezed back She's kind of hopping and jumping a little bit early She just didn't really seem very comfortable for the first half mile Then she tried to move in between horses She got shut off She has to angle around She got up for fourth I'm expecting a much better race today She's finally able to put two starts together I like the fact that she's drawn to the outside I think that can help Bejarano have some options Maybe he can sit off and kind of keep her in the clear And not have to start and stop With her because I think she does have a nice Turn of foot and she will show Some late energy Miss Ava's Union the 10 Going to make my top selection The 8 I think the horse to beat To use in all exotics Blue Moonrise The 3 horse I have in 3rd That is Amtara off that runner-up effort in the debut, uh, in the uh, debut in the debut for Baltus, the first time in the Baltus barn, career start number three 
now for Amtara coming up. And Distorted Win, I'll have in the fourth spot from the rail. 10 8, 3 1 in race number six at Del Mar. Seventh race, the CTT and TOC. Phillies and Mares, three year olds and up, mile and three eighths on the turf course. Pants on fire. Looks like a, I think, a logical favorite. And Baltus could have a very nice day. Pratt will be aboard. In her last start, she broke really well. She sat just a length, two off. She was tucked inside. She angled out three deep with dead aim. Really no excuses. She just was flat late. She was third. She was beating the length. I just think she's the best horse in here. If you look up and down, what she's capable of on her best days, she should save all the ground from the inside. And in a turf race like this, I'm going to trust Flavian Pratt, who's been making all the right moves at the meeting. So I just don't really see anyone in here who's much better than her. The two overthinking, I actually have in the second spot. I like the races that she comes out of. She's a new face coming in from the Midwest. And her Del Mar race last year, August the 1st, going a mile and a three, it's on the turf course in a similar spot. If she just repeats that effort, that might be good enough to win this race. I love Blanc, one of the most underrated turf riders out there. Overthinking the two I have picked in the second spot. I have one pants on fire on top of the two. Overthinking. The three Curlin's journey, no real knocks. She's consistent. I just think she's going to have to improve a little bit um, to get the better of uh, like a horse like Pants on Fire. And will she show a little bit more speed? Because on paper, it does look like Lost in Translation is going to be able to, to have things all her own way up front. And that's the five, Lost in Translation, who gives Baltus a very strong hand in this race. She's looking for her third win in a row. She beat Calbred optional 20s going a mile on the grass. Then she stepped up. She beat open optional 40s going a mile in 3.8s over this turf course here at Del Mar. Wire to wire. Again, she looks like she should be the horse to, to catch and to beat. Lost in translation. Going to be very tough in here to run down. The four Siberian Iris I actually have picked in the fourth spot. She was bumped uh, around a bit early. She was squeezed back. She stayed inside all the way. She was showing good energy late And she was fourth and she was uh, Not far behind Mirth Anna Pavlova For Drysdale Just going to be watching this one today I need to see a little bit more from her Didn't see enough in her races to um, Think she's going to improve And then Mirth I feel like this is just a bit too far For Mirth Who has had the lead and moved towards the, the front Three straight races She feels like an under type horse for me She'll be chasing She could sit a great spot behind Lost in Translation But I don't know if she's going to be able to go uh, To win At this trip One, Pants on Fire Over the two, Overthinking Over the five, Lost in Translation Over the four, Siberian Iris in race number 7 Wouldn't talk you off uh, Using the one Pants on Fire as a single And if you're playing any late exotics Does look like the one to beat But but throw the two overthinking in some You know and I know most people A lot of people are going to play the 5 with that speed uh, And that big weapon Of perhaps lone speed But don't forget about the two overthinking To include in some of your exotics 8th race Delmar Maiden 20s Going a mile Three year olds and up 
the five, the wood will be really, really tough for Zayats. But let's get to that one. Uh, the one Fort Dodge has never hit the board in eight career starts. The fourth two back beaten six lengths was okay. Was behind a couple horses that that won next out. But I just have to see more from a horse who's never been closer than beaten six lengths. The two, the easy way. He was fifth in his debut in a field of five. But it was just his debut. He broke out a bit. He was two deep. He was fourth, fifth. He was three off. Wasn't a terrible race. And it was against a field that was probably comparable and maybe even a little bit better than this field because this is not a strong, uh, the strongest group in the world. The three Alfonso C, I think a must use in all of your Exactus tries supers and probably even in some of your your pick fours, pick fives, or however you're going to approach the uh, the Friday races because he looks like the one to catch. He was three four deep. He was close up. He was within a length. He loomed up, but he was second best. That was going five furlongs. He's now stretching out to a mile, and so he should just end up on the front end, and maybe he gets brave. Rocket ship showed a little bit of speed going a mile. Now comes into the Dean uh, Pedersen barn. Dawood, the five for Zayat Stables. This is just a good level for him now. He looks like the one to beat. He was five wide and in um, in between horses. Then he dropped back three lengths off. Then he was five wide again at the top of the lane. He just missed after a crazy wide trip. And he kept grinding. He should be really tough to hold off in here. In, in a race where there's not a whole lot He has faced much better throughout his career And then when he dropped down to this level last time out He really should have won And he would have won if he didn't have that type of trip Refractometer The 6 He broke out a bit He was bumped uh, He bumped his rival But he recovered well He was 3 deep He pushed 4 wide to the top of the lane He was within a head of the lead He's a logical contender But I just like a few others more in here the nice thing about him is he has some upside and he should step forward second off the bench. But if you, I'm just watching the same race that he comes out of with Dawood, I think Dawood was much, much better there with a much worse trip. Sharpshooting George, blinkers on, comes out of a productive maiden special weight race by an oil can night. And he, similar to the easy way, he was fifth last in his debut. But it was just his debut. Sharpshooting George actually faced better too. Now he adds the blinkers for the drop in class. This is not the strongest group in the world. He wouldn't have to improve a ton to be competitive in here. The eight is a slayer. Buffy just popped up on my uh, on my Hulu. But Tis a Slayer, I will not really endorse a whole lot. Her only race was in uh, at Turf Paradise in April. She was well beaten that day. Now she comes into the Alexis Barba barn, who's only started one horse this year. The nine midnight in Maui for Bill McLean. I was trying to build a case for her or for him in here. He is dropping to his career low. He was facing Maiden 50s last time out and then Maiden Special Weights prior to that. And you know, you look at the Golden Gate race going a mile on the grass. It wasn't that bad of a race. I wouldn't really be against using Midnight and Maui in the bottom of your exotics. I think the same can be said for Derby Storm. The 9 and the 10, they could sneak into your tries and your supers. I just don't know if they're good enough to win. So I, I didn't use them in, on the win end in your pick fours or pick fives. But 
use the nine and the ten in like the the third, fourth, and fifth spots if you're if you're playing, you know, exactas, tries, super, super high fives. Wouldn't have to use them in the uh, third, fourth, or fifth spots in an exacta though, right? So maybe uh, five, the wood will be a, a single on on some tickets. The three, don't forget about Alfonso C, who could try to steal this race at a price. The two, the easy way, and the seven, sharpshooting George. Just coming out of debut races where they didn't show much. Refractometer, you have to to think he will be right in the mix. But I would, I would just go elsewhere. And uh, then Midnight Maui and Derby Storm, maybe for the bottom of some of your exotics. But five, three, really is is probably the two I'll use most on top. Okay, there's your Delmar. Friday card for August the 14th Best of luck Let's get to a little Hard knocks Naredas Naredas hard knocks Week 1 is down It is time to raise the bar We begin with John Gruden Telling us they need better etiquette Better execution Not a a lot of people expect a lot from us And Well uh as we quote, we may say a bad word or two in here because it they do cuss quite a bit on Hard Knocks. It's time to stick your foot up somebody's ass, is what John Gruden says. And here comes the opening. Six days out from their game with the Rams, Gruden's using the Rams as an example of a team that had a massive turnaround. Because remember, just a few years back, the Rams were not good. The only difference is, as soon as Sean McVay came in, McVay made an immediate impact and they were a good team and a playoff team and then a Super Bowl team last year and the Raiders they didn't have that kind of year one success with Gruden the big topic the big issue Antonio Brown and that's what is going to come up a ton through this episode his feet the blisters the burns he has mentioned that his feet look like they were circumcised you could see these blisters and this dead skin just peeling like all the way off his feet he try, he was training and he tried the cold therapy afterwards and uh he was not wearing the correct feet wear his feet swelled up had blisters he now leaves training camp we were introduced to underactive undrafted rookie wide receiver Keelan Doss who's from Alameda and he moves up a notch on the depth chart with AB out in training camp and what the coaches seem to like about him is he's asking questions. He has a really good one-on-one with Gruden. He's asking questions of his coaches in the drills. Gruden has some big compliments for Doss. And we see his roommate, fullback Alec Ingold. Keelan Doss seems very well-liked. They, they're joking uh, in the big meeting about him with the girls. And now he's a local guy from Alameda and everyone's going to come out. And how many tickets does he have? You can tell that the quarterback, Carr, likes Keelan Ross also. And Carr, Carr comes off well on this show He's having a good time messing around with Jonathan Abram too He treats the young guys well He just seems like he's a good leader He has fun, he keeps it light He does get hit in uh, in uh, in the knees by the defense And that gets gets Gruden and, uh, and the team a little bit upset Because you know you can't hit the QBs in these practices and these run-throughs One of the big battles in camp is between Mike Glennon and Nate Peterman Battling for the backup quarterback spot Glennon, early on, we see he's messing up the snap count. Peterman's holding on to the ball too long. Everything's taking forever for it to develop. 
Gruden is just asking and demanding more energy from the both of them who don't really seem like the the leaders. I mean, when you compare them as from just like their personality to Carr, they're very quiet guys, don't say a whole lot. And Gruden is is asking for more from them. One of the team meetings, we then see a karaoke sing-off, what kind of an a cappella, no music. Sing off rookie wide receiver Hunter Renfro Comes up and sings lean on me He is just awful he gets booed And then rookie DN Max Crosby He comes in With a nice uh, R&B Rap song I couldn't even figure out which song It was and he did a much much better So then he becomes kind of one of the focal Points of this episode we see him And we meet his girlfriend Rachel we see Max Getting tattoos Next up Gruden is prepping the Raiders for Gurley and for Goff and for Aaron Donald Who they're going to be dealing with in practice this week And Sean McVay Who worked in Tampa under Gruden One of the places that he got his start McVay So they have a, a long history together The first look at the scrimmages between the Rams and the Raiders We see a lot of Raider mistakes And Gruden knows they have a lot of work to do Edge rusher, top pick, Claylon Farrell uh, Was getting chewed out because he's He's kind of getting beat up a little bit And he's making some excuses And that's not what you want to do Is make excuses right away You want to take responsibility Even if you're getting beat up And the really big issue That everyone is talking about And everyone's you know, concerned about Is Antonio Brown it's, it's hanging over everyone's heads It's an obviously frustrating situation Gruden is, uh, is bothered by it And he keeps kind of making jokes About it here and there And now we find out that Antonio Brown has filed a grievance over his helmet. Gruden asks jokingly, and he kind of looks around, has anybody seen AB? Anybody seen Antonio Brown? Another discussion. Everyone just knows how good Aaron Donald is from the Rams, and they continue to talk about how he is just one of the absolute best players in all of football. Much better day two for the Raiders uh, when they're out in their scrimmages. And, and they're a little more fired up There's actually a couple of little pushing skirmishes There's like two or three little Pushing shoving issues between the Rams And the Raiders Richie Incognito is actually trying to be the voice Of reason which is hilarious He's one of the people who's talking all throughout About how good Aaron Donald is and having to go up Against him and Richie Incognito Starts to say let me tell you what I learned In counseling So maybe he has turned the corner Former Raider Charles Woodson Used to wear number 24 Speaking to current number 24 Jonathan Abram and he's giving him some advice He's telling him about working hard And and being a leader Coming out here every day and trying to improve See Clellan Farrell with his family And they're kind of laughing They're telling him about a couple of the fights That went on because he missed it He was on a different end of the field So he didn't really see the skirmishes that happened And now Raiders broadcaster Brent Musburger He shows up We're introduced to Brent for the first time And He is asking about Antonio Brown And his health And uh, they respond. the Raiders respond That he, they hope he will be back next week full speed It is then Q&A time with John Gruden and the media And Gruden Says that Antonio is still getting clues and information He Wanted to get t- Car some targets And they are concerned with Antonio Brown missing time Optimistic but concerned we Then move from the, uh, the media call to preseason Game 1 For the Raiders And Gruden 
for the game says, show us you know what to do and do it play after play and show us how hard you can go. That's what he wants to see from a lot of these players who are like, battling for their jobs. Mike Glennon starts at QB. We don't see Derek Carr. You, you generally don't see a lot of the ones, especially early on in the preseason. And Glennon starts and he has a, a Raiders touchdown on his opening drive. Gruden loved it. He was a big fan of that drive and how he moved the ball. Early on, we see Max Crosby, the rookie D end, who was uh, singing, getting tattoos a bit earlier. He broke his hand trying to punch a ball out, but he wants to play. You could tell he's really frustrated. They put a cast right on it, and he gets right back in and plays, which the coaches just love that he wants to stay on the field and he wants to be in the game. Glennon then uh, gets sloppy. Couple interceptions, couple bad throws Gruden gets on him, he is unhappy He even mentions that he's got to quit cussing Gruden Because he is chewing out Glennon He asks Peterman, are you a blockhead? Peterman not running the offense well when he comes in in the second half But there's a big scramble by Peterman late in the game And it sets up a touchdown pass to Rookie wide receiver Keelan Doss, the hometown boy His first ever Catch in the NFL was a touchdown catch In front of Really his his hometown The Raiders win 14-3 in the preseason Well remember for the Rams We didn't see a lot of their big stars either Sloppy though And Gruden mentioned Too many penalties, too many turnovers At the post game press conference John Gruden's asked about Antonio Brown Who they hope to see next week And he said he supports him fully he mentions that this is a serious issue that he's had to deal with, which is foot, and then a personal issue with the helmet that they're going to support. And you can tell that John Gruden really loves Keelan Dosk, who he said Doss wants to prove himself, and he has a chip on his shoulder. He mentions him all the time. We see Keelan Dosk go back to his old school. He's excited. Next week, we're going to get Antonio Brown returning. As they end the show Jonathan Abrams is talking about Tom Brady and how Tom Brady is older Than his dad Funny to think about Episode 2 Of Hard Knocks Raiders What'd you think? Do you like, not like, what are you looking forward to? What storylines do you want to see more of? Do you want to see less of? Shoot me a message at It's me, Gino B on Twitter Shoot me a message on Facebook uh, Or on uh, Instagram G Bacola Little wrestling discussion We are Coming up on our next Tournament for best Movies and we've had All the best sports movies so far We've gone through best Baseball movie Major league Best basketball movie Hoosiers Best golf movie Caddyshack Best hockey movie Slapshot Best soccer movie Bend it like Beckham The best animated Disney movie The Lion King Now we're into best wrestling movies Here are the movies Now we just With wrestling Won't get as big of a group As maybe we did in football Or as we will for football Or we did in baseball or basketball But I think the The group in the 16 We probably Most people probably know Like 10 of these movies at least And that is what ends up In a uh, In a good Bracket And in a good uh, contest like this when we have all the polls So 
We didn't have I didn't have any of the documentaries because you could do a, a whole group alone on documentaries, right? If we were gonna have Beyond the Mat and Wrestling with Shadows and Resurrection of Jake the Snake, and then we could go on and on and on. So we're gonna, gonna keep it into actual movies. The Wizard, Takedown, Legendary, Paradise Alley, Ready to Rumble, Body Slam. The Wrestler, the old version With Vern Gagne in it No Holds Barred, Fighting With My Family Reversal, Nacho Libre Foxcatcher Win Win, Man on the Moon The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke And Vision Quest Those are your 16, get on over to Twitter, that's where we're going to have all the polls And vote, at it's me, Gino B Vote in the polls Let's close things out with a little Monday Night Raw And Tuesday Smackdown Recaps Monday Night Raw We'll save a, lo- a lot of the like the SummerSlam discussion For um, Hopefully the next episode Let's talk Monday Night Raw It opens up with uh, Seth Rollins He thanks the fans for helping push him far enough To beat Brock Lesnar They came alive And that helped get him over the top AJ Styles and the OC Interrupt Seth They congratulate Seth And AJ challenges him He wants to prove that he's a better champion So they have uh, Rollins Mentions that he used to respect AJ Not anymore They make a match for later on that evening AJ versus Rollins They do have a handshake As AJ kind of teases the uh, the club And the OC maybe coming in to help beat him beat down Rollins The Street Profits are backstage They're hyping up the uh, AJ Rollins match for later Angelo Dawkins is uh, hungover after partying all weekend Sammy Zayn enters Talking a little trash to the Street Profits But Sammy, uh, they kind of Trick him into talking trash about Samoa Joe And then Samoa Joe ends up standing right behind Sammy And Samoa Joe challenges Sammy Pushes him down We we get a, a mention for the King of the Ring tournament Which returns next week I'll mention who's in the King of the Ring At the end of the recaps Match Samoa Joe versus Sammy Zayn Sammy attacks Joe early Joe takes control quickly Puts in the Coquina Clutch it looked like we were getting a babyface turn for Joe, but then he quickly cut a promo at, on the crowd after he said he will never forget give the fans. Kind of goes back heel, and I'd read afterwards that mainly this was done because they just didn't want to get Sami Zayn to get cheered <laughs> in Canada. They were uh, they knew that they kind of set him up to uh, as as Samoa Joe to get cheered, and then immediately they let Joe turn right back on the crowd. Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. Miz is rocking his Toronto is awesome shirt Ziggler is not in his ring gear He's selling his injury from the night before Where he got speared by Goldberg He's holding his stomach He said he's not medically cleared to compete He's doing a good job selling and whining And blaming Miz on everything Blaming everything on the Miz He then attacks the Miz from behind The match starts Ziggler versus the Miz Quickly Ziggler taps out to the figure four So Miz beats him and then Ziggler does the same thing he did the night before He gets on the mic again after getting beat down He begs for more, Miz comes back He hits a skull crushing finale Becky promo a, a good promo from Becky, she calls everyone out And she tells the women to get me Before I get you Next segment, Elias is in ring He's having a concert that is Interrupted by Ricochet Who just says Elias sucks He comes out and Ricochet versus Elias They have a match Ricochet it is one spot where he goes to dive over the top rope and he misses. Elias goes out, moves out of the, the way, and it was a big, 
big land right on your back that looked brutal from Ricochet, but he's so good in the ring. Sunset flip off the top rope. He pinned Elias, but Elias' shoulder was up, and the announcers were really selling the fact of a ref mistake. So I wonder if they're going to have some kind of Elias uh, interaction with Ricochet again coming soon. Next up was Ray versus Andrade in a two out of three falls match. And we had a Cedric Alexander hype video before that, which I like. We're starting to get some of these kind of videos. We used to get vignettes when I was really young. Promoting people or letting you know when someone's coming back From an injury or maybe someone's About to get a big push Ray versus Andrade match starts Quick pin for Andrade Because Zelina Vega Was interfering and he, he's able to uh, Use his feet on the ropes When he rolls up Ray for some leverage And then Andrade wins fall number 2 again With a bunch more Of Zelina Vega interfering Distracting Ray, distracting the referee Stone Cold Comes on to promote his new show And he puts over Seth Rollins and, and Stone Cold does a great job because he doesn't feel Forced when he's like he's he's there Just to promote his show He feels like he's there to talk about Seth Rollins And he doesn't really talk a whole lot about his show It's always huge when you can get someone Like Stone Cold Because there's not that many that have the type of Of clout With the fans People genuinely trust Stone Cold when he talks They listen to what he has to say He hasn't come out and cut like so many BS promos over and over and over again Like a lot of the old legends have To where you know, we know he's not really just shilling things all the time Mysterio in, uh, is backstage And he is interviewed He talks about his future and his family And you know you get some of those Maybe it's time to retire kind of feelings for his discussion But this can be a little, a little turn for the veteran Mysterio now um, Does he have to... Uh, just a different storyline instead of Ray just coming out and wrestling At least we have a little something now We get more Street Profits backstage Hyping up the show A Drew McIntyre interview next He mentions the match that's coming up With Cedric Alexander And then we have Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander And this was a really Really good match And it feels like a push coming for both of these guys I like what they're doing I felt after Raw and Smackdown Like there were a lot of Wrestlers who are Heading in the right direction Who the the crowd And the locker room And maybe the the you know Creative are getting behind You could definitely see Some new faces That might be getting some opportunities now With Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff in the mix With Paul Heyman reportedly Having a much bigger say in what happens on Raw And Eric Bischoff that way over on Smackdown so just an awesome match with, with Drew McIntyre and Cedric Go back and watch it if you haven't seen it Next up it's Robert Roode versus No Way Jose Roode beats No Way Jose quickly There's another one Like on this episode alone We're seeing a lot of the, the Street Profits We're You know getting Some new like Andrade You could feel like he's getting a push It feels like Cedric Alexander is getting a little bit of a push You know Drew McIntyre got a nice win And he went We get to see Bobby Roode out there again So this is kind of some new faces which I like Heyman Is then interviewed and he mentions Brock has been denied a rematch for the Universal title So what will happen next with Brock Lesnar A match between the Revival and Lucha House Party Is interrupted by R-Truth and Carmella They're being chased around by uh, everyone who is following them Trying to get a piece of that 24-7 title The 24-7 contenders So to speak The Revival End up 
becoming the co 24-7 champ for just a moment. Then it gets back to our truth. He becomes a 12-time champ. After the commercial break backstage, Elias beats our truth. So now Elias is a three-time 24-7 champ. You get a video package discussing the Roman Reigns angle, who's been trying to attack him with the car and the forklift and the falling objects. Natalia comes out. She has dislocated her elbow, so she has her arm in a sling. She's selling an injury, and she starts to kind of get a little emotional and talk about her dad and a dream that she had. And then, boom, we get Sasha Banks music. And Sasha Banks, we have not seen since WrestleMania. She comes out. She gives Natalia a hug, and then she beats Natty down. She takes off her purple wig. Sasha has the blue hair now. She throws Natalia into the steps. She really beats her down well. Becky comes out for the save. Sasha beats Becky down. She's talking really good trash to Becky. And it looks like we're going to get Becky and Sasha as a, a feud moving forward, which could be really, really good. And we're going to get heel Sasha, which I love. We have not seen heel Sasha on the main roster. She was so good as a heel down in NXT. A Viking Raiders squash match. Not a whole lot to say about that. Next was a women's tag titles match with Asuka and Kyrie Sane versus Alexa and Nikki. Paige was gone because she's getting another neck surgery. Hope uh, everything is okay with Paige. She was one of my favorites. Alexa and Nikki retain. And so now Alexa and Nikki have beaten Asuka and Kyrie. They just beat the Iconics um, the other night at SummerSlam after winning the titles just last week. And at least they have a storyline. If this is going to get another, if this is going to help get these tag titles on the show more often, then I'm fine with Alexa and Nikki having the belts because the women's tag titles have just not been very prevalent for a while. Seth cuts a promo backstage and, uh, now we have AJ versus Rollins. It's a solid match. A solid match up until Gallows and Anderson interfere. They interfere. They start to beat down Rollins. Then Ricochet comes in to help for the save, and then Braun Strowman comes in to help for the save. So we assume next week we'll get a six-man tag with Rollins, Ricochet, and Braun versus the OC AJ Gallows and Anderson. That was Monday Night Raw. I thought a very good edition of Monday Night Raw. Tuesday Night SmackDown opened up with a Kevin Owens promo. Said he's done with Shane. Now he's setting his sights on the King of the Ring. He had really great babyface fire. He was getting good reaction. And he was really into it. And he wants that King of the Ring. And then Shane O'Mac comes out and interrupts him. And he finds him $100,000 because Kevin Owens attacked Elias... At SummerSlam when Elias was wearing a referee jersey After the interaction Kevin Owens goes backstage to confront Shane He throws a chair I didn't like the way Kevin Owens came off um, Caring so much about the fine Once he started to act like he didn't care about the fine I think that's what he's going for You could tell they're kind of going for a Stone Cold Type character with, uh, with KO All the way down to the stunner That he's using Ember Moon versus Charlotte Was a fine match Ember tapped out, Charlotte with the win I just don't know if where. Okay, so where does Charlotte go next? And why have Ember tap out? It was fine, I just you're, This feels like you're really pushing Ember down Again, uh, down the ladder So maybe, maybe that's the case, maybe she's going to be out of the mix for a while Charlotte right now Could be the champ And should be the champ at any time But she doesn't need the belt And as we saw with her match with Trish, she can have 
a top level match on the main card that's not for the title. And maybe she gets involved in some way in the tag uh, title picture. We'll see. Daniel Bryan and Rowan, they deny that they had anything to do with Roman Reigns and the attacks on Roman Reigns. Next up, we see an Ali hype promo. So, again, little things like that. Look, you're obviously getting a big push for Kevin Owens. We're getting an Ali, you know, hype promo here. Another Alistair Black promo backstage. And on Monday in, at Raw, we had a very good Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander match. On Tuesday, we had an awesome Roman Reigns versus Buddy Murphy match. And the commentary team was really putting Buddy Murphy over with a really quick knee strike. It was a close near fall on Roman. And this was a great showing from Buddy Murphy. He tried to roll up with his feet on the ropes, but um, Roman kicked out. Buddy kicked out of a Superman punch. There was a crazy spear spot. Another match that I highly recommend. Go back and check out that Roman Reigns versus Buddy Murphy match from Tuesday SmackDown. Excellent match. We had a revival promo. They talk about how they want to uh, beat the New Day and they want to get out of the uh, the goofy world they were in with the 24-7 title the night before. Next up is Samoa Joe versus Kevin Owens. And this, I would love to see a feud with these two guys and maybe even a match where they can go 20-25 minutes because these are two of my favorites and um, they're great on the mic and they're great in ring, really good workers. This was more to set up an angle and to keep the Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens stuff going and a lot. Samoa Joe gets the win, but it was only because Elias was in his ref jersey, ref shirt, and he did a really quick count, really quick. Um, so it wasn't a legitimate win over Kevin Owens. Still, I don't like Kevin Owens getting pinned at the moment. New Day versus the Revival to close things out, but Randy Orton came out and he said he wanted to be a part of this match, and he basically said, "Let's make this a, a six-man tag." So it was the New Day well, with. Xavier, Biggie, and Kofi versus the Revival and Randy Orton, and the Revival pin Xavier Woods for the victory. So it'll probably get some Revival uh, New Day interactions again, and uh, it looks like we're going to continue on with Randy and Kofi. And for King of the Ring, it looks like this is the Group of 16 The King of the Ring tournament is going to start on Monday Night Raw next week Remember the King of the Ring and how good And how much fun that was Bret Hart I mean it was 1993 when they really made it a pay-per-view They used to have the Kings and As like a live event Remember it was King uh, Harley Race King Haku King Hacksaw But this year Here are the participants Cedric Alexander, Drew McIntyre, The Miz, Ricochet Ali, Kevin Owens, Chad Gable, Andrade, Shelton Benjamin, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, Cesaro, Elias, Samoa Joe, and Buddy Murphy. And so a lot of these guys that we've seen recently start to get a little bit of a push. Cedric Alexander, Drew McIntyre, The Miz has been on TV all the time. Ricochet has been well. We're getting some uh, vignettes for Ali. Kevin Owens obviously got a push. Chad Gable has a new look. We at least got some interaction with him backstage. Andrade has gotten to beat Ray a couple times. We've seen Shelton Benjamin backstage at least Sammy's on TV all the time Haven't seen Corbin Cruz was on uh, the SummerSlam Pre-show card Kickoff show Cesaro has been in the mix We saw him against Aleister Black Kind of getting a renewed singles push Samoa Joe And then Buddy Murphy Looks like he's got maybe got the rocket behind him too So I love this group of 16 
I think you have to look at Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Kevin Owens, and maybe Samoa Joe as like the four that have the uh, the best chance to win. And we're getting close to WWE making their debut on Fox. Friday, October the 4th, WWE will have their first episode on Fox 11. It will be the 20th anniversary of SmackDown and announced for the event, The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, Goldberg, Sting, Kurt Angle, Mick Foley, Lita, Trish Stratus, Mark Henry, Booker T, and Jerry the King Lawler. Some legends will all be back for that event. That's going to do it for this episode of That's What G Said. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Set up for uh, for our next episode, just to give you a little tease. We'll hopefully have an interview with Darren Zocali and Brian Monzo where we talk a little more about everything going on in the world of wrestling. We'll recap SummerSlam, talk about all the storylines right now, and then we'll hit on a little Saratoga Saturday. Going to go through the Del Mar Pacific Classic. Card. We'll hit on some of the big races for that Also hit on a couple of the Saturday Saratoga races We'll do the recap of Beverly Hills 90210 Episode 2 for the reboot We'll continue in uh, on a little more with Whatever's going on in baseball Check in And the fantasy football Will start soon I think I'm going to break them down by position So on the next episode we might start with running backs Go through all the running backs Kind of tier them Let you know who I expect to have good years, bad years Kind of give you a prep on running backs Then we can do quarterbacks, wide receivers We could probably do uh, defenses um, And you know kickers all together in one Tight ends We can probably do that even with the defenses and kickers So yeah I'm going to start breaking them up And we're going to start doing full previews Because man I'm football season's coming up I'm starting to get excited That will really change um, The the dynamics a little bit Of That's What G Said Because we're going to have a lot more content And a lot more shows So thanks again folks Get to iTunes, leave a nice 5 star rating and review if you can Make sure to subscribe We're on iTunes and Apple We're on SoundCloud We're on YouTube We're on TuneIn We're on Spreaker We are on Google Pods Everywhere you can find your podcasts Joey, my friend, take it away.